BYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Here I be on the run world. Welcome to Mark 2 again. Remember, like the study in Mark 1, notice the geography. Notice suddenly, immediately words like that, words of action. And I want you to notice where he goes, where he goes and what he does. Okay. So Mark 2. A few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were sitting with him, eating, sitting with eating with him, and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting? but yours are not. Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot. So long as they have him with them, but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old, masking the tail, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some ears of corn. The Pharisee said to him, Look, why are they doing what, what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Okay, let's wrestle with this. Did you hear it? 
so much geography, action. We get a kind of little bit of teaching, uh, addressing the Pharisees, and then bam, Jesus is off again. <laughs> we have this action-packed Jesus in in the Gospel of Mark. Again, this is the good news of Jesus, so he is going to tell you about every good news. And again, it's about authority and about what Jesus has authority over. Did you notice? First chapter, Jesus um, steps up as authority of not just a teacher, but somebody who sets the captive free, and he talks about you know the pure spirits being healed and demonic being set free. In this one, he talks about Jesus forgiving a paralyzed man. Now, do you remember in the last chapter, guys, Jesus actually said to the man with leprosy, please don't go around, um, you know, and tell everybody you got healed of leprosy because it's going to make it very hard for my ministry. And we see here in chapter two, because the chapters aren't there, remember? Chapters are afterthought put in for referencing only. It says a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that um, he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left. Again, exactly what Jesus said in, cha- in the chapter one happened. He couldn't go into the city. And when he went into the city, there was such a ruckus that the people couldn't come near him. And we have this incredible story of the man and the men's friends lowering him down just to get near Jesus. Just to, And I've heard so many beautiful preachers on this, that you need mere people around you to help you get near Jesus. It's kind of like this connect group moment. And again, he um, he says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? Because Jesus is actually saying that he's, son, your sins are forgiven. What Mark is showing here is Jesus isn't just a teacher. He has one, ability to set the, the demonic free. He's got power and authority over demons. And now he's saying he's got power and authority over sins which is revolutionary. And again, we're going to have these Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees of the the Greco-Roman world, sorry, the Judaistic world, the Pharisees were the ones that kept Judaism or Judaism was a later thing, kept the Jewish nation, the Jewish nation. So they were across the law, the regulations. So every time there's an argument in the Pharisees, it's going to be about purity rights or holiness or how a Jew is supposed to act and we don't talk to tax collectors and you cannot forgive sins and it's all about the declaration and it's showing how Jesus is much more power, much more authority than the teachers of the law, which is the Pharisees, okay? So that's where you're going to get this. Um, It says here, now some teachers of the law were sitting there and I love this. They're thinking to themselves and Jesus answers them. They don't even say it. (laughs) He says, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, he's addressing their thoughts. This is amazing. I love this moment. They're like, you know, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. And, and, you know, who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knows their thoughts and goes, hang on. You don't even have to speak that because I'm going to address what you just thought. This is so cool. Um, why are you thinking these things? Imagine the, imagine the room. Um, we've still got the friends. They've brought this man. We've got crowds all around us. So don't forget that. Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. You've got to notice Mark's language, authority to teach and to set the demonic free, now authority to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of the crowd. The crowd must have been like cheering. 
This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Again, it's action-packed amazement authority, AAA, action, amazed authority. You've got all these beautiful things in this text. So it's, can you feel like why this would be such a great movie? <laughs> it's the action movie. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. So he does this miracle and Mark's got him now beside the lake. Again, a large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. This is Le- this is Matthew, Levi, his Hebrew name. He's a tax collector, meaning what? He's a trader. The Pharisees are not going to go near this man. The Pharisees, according to, to the Pharisees, this man is impure. This man is a sinner. We know that, again, because he actually says, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. Now, sinners are just people who, who basically didn't fit into the Judaistic whole holy um, purity. So it could be people that, you know, um, it's obviously prostitutes. It's obviously, you know, we've got, but it's not just people that we see sinners. Sinners are outcasts. Sinners are marginalized, especially in the gospel of Luke. Sinners are those who, who the society say are unclean and that they do not belong with us. And you know what I love about Jesus He doesn't just go up to Levi and say, yep, you're saved, now go and be gone and I'm going to hang with my holy crew. (laughs) He goes and he eats with them. I love the fact that Jesus doesn't ask them to come to him. He goes to them. He says, hey, Levi, you know, follow me. And Levi's like, yeah, I'd love to. And then he says, hang on a second, before we go anywhere, let's, let's invite all your friends and let's have dinner. This beautiful moment of this holy teacher full of authority, full of action, setting the captives free, healing the sick, doing all this amazing stuff, hanging with the outcasts. And I adore this about Jesus because I think sometimes in Christian cliques we're hanging with Christians and we're not hanging with the outcasts. I don't know how Christianity would have spread in the way we do it today. You come to my church and you hang out with me, with us. No, Jesus didn't do that. He said, I will go to you and I will hang out with your people. And I think sometimes in Christianity we have this elitist, you know, I'm going to hang in my clique. Maybe we need to get out of the clique and start going to the people. And this is what Jesus did and this is what I absolutely love about him. The more I read the Gospels, the more I fall in love with Jesus. That's why I love these. Are you falling in love with Jesus all over again? And how cool he is. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, you know, they're spying on him now, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Again, they're not talking to Jesus directly. They're chatting about him. Um, On hearing this, again, they, they should learn by now, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I have not come to call the righteous but the sinners. He's saying, I'm not, I'm not here for the people who are healthy and, and fine. I'm here for the people who are sick. I'm here for the people who genuinely need me. And I adore that about the gospel message. It is for those who need, that, that need Jesus. And it's up to us to go to them. Okay. Now, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Again, Mark is not bothered with, with stories that don't, Uh, action-packed and show something. So every story you've got to go, what is Mark showing me and why? Why do we have this story about fasting? It says, some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Again, we have this question, why are you not doing what everybody else is doing? Why do you do things differently? I love 
churches that do things differently, not not because of just breaking tradition and causing an uproar, but sometimes we get so much into a Christian rut that we do the same thing, the same thing, and it's it's so amazing to go, well, maybe that is human tradition, and if Jesus came today, what would he interrupt? Would he have church in a pub? God forbid. No, maybe he would. Maybe he'd go to a pub and just hang out in a pub on Sundays and just hang out with the people that genuinely need him. I don't know. That's a bit revolutionary and you, you may be a bit offended by that, but maybe in, the, in your offense, Jesus did things that offended the Pharisees and it ended up revolutionizing. So maybe just throwing it out there. Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? He's basically saying, I'm the reason that they're fasting. <laughs> I'm the reason they're fasting so that they can get closer to God. I'm here. Why would you, why would you, you know, diet for a wedding and just to get into that beautiful dress and you're in the dress and then you're not eating anymore? No, the dress is there. The wedding day is there. Feast, have cake, have fun because the thing that you have been fasting for has arrived is basically what he's saying. And he talks about this sewing a patch on a garment that doesn't quite fit. And he's saying you're trying to sew old tradition, um, new things on old tradition. This is the sound. Old wineskins. And he's saying you're trying to put the, the, here it is, let me read it to you. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Maybe in your connect group, maybe in your in your church, maybe in your Christianity, you need some new wineskins. You need to think outside the box. You need to think of things that you, maybe in your family you've done the same thing to try and get your family to church. Maybe you need new wineskins. Maybe you need new thinking. Maybe God is going to give you some other way. <laughs> maybe you're going to actually take church to them. I remember when I was um, praying for one of my family members and I had done everything. I had done the drop the hint and do you want to come to church on Sunday? And, oh, do you know? And, you know, he wants, oh, can I pray for you? I've done everything, everything the evangelist told me to do and nothing was working. And I said, God, I need help with, with this. I do not know how this person is ever going to get saved. And I said, could you just do something radically new? Could you just do something that that shocks even me? You know, do something like you did with in your in the gospels, new wineskins. Let me think outside the box. And I started praying for somebody else to talk to this person. <laughs> I prayed and I said, God, let somebody else come in and talk to them. Let some other voice, let it be somebody that they respect. Let it be somebody that they, they, they are, you know, want to hear from and let someone else in. And anyway, after I prayed for this person, I was in a, in a church meeting and I had no idea that that person was there. So it makes me cry. I had no idea that somebody had invited them. And I was in another church, a sep- not my church. I had gone to a separate church meeting to hear this person speak. And when they gave the altar call, the person I had been praying for walked down the front. And I was so shocked because, I one, it was despite me. It was outside of me. God didn't use me to save this person. He used somebody else to save this person. It was so different and so incredible. And I was so grateful. Sometimes we are so stuck in our wineskins that we have to get out of our our wineskins, our tradition, how we do things and think of something new. And I love, love, love that concept. 
Okay, so one Sabbath. Now we're up to the Sabbath. So what is he? What has he gone through and shown that Jesus is is better than in these? One, forgiveness of sins. Jesus, this is the good news. This is the good news for us. And don't just read these stories for them, but for us. Jesus can set you free from the demonic. If you have, um, you know, issues, anger, whatever it is, Jesus can set you free. He can set you free from anything. Jesus is over your sins. He says here he has authority to forgive your sins. That is good news. Here, again, Jesus is, is um, loves hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. He's not a man that suits their holy and righteous. He's in amongst it. I adore that. He's above your fasting. So even in your fasting, sometimes we fast for fasting's sake and Jesus is like, I don't want you to fast. I remember doing a 40-day fast and somebody was saying to me, why are you doing it? And I was like, oh, my leaders called it. And they're like, well, why are you doing it? Have you actually asked that you need to do this? And I was like, oh, no. So I actually prayed and said, Lord, do you actually want me to do this? And it, it was good because it worked out, yes, but sometimes we fast for fasting's sake, not because God has called us to fast, and that's a hard way to fast. He is above the fasting, and I love this. He is above the Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields. We're action, movies now in the cornfields. We've come from a, a lake to a cornfield. And his disciples walked along. They began to pick some ears of corn. Why? Because you're not allowed to do that on the Sabbath. You're not allowed to actually do any work on the Sabbath. The Pharisee said to me, do you know what shocks me? The Pharisees are hanging around. How are the Pharisees there? They're just there. They're like, you know, watching him, watching what they're doing, correcting him. And, oh, my goodness, imagine being Jesus, the crowd and the Pharisees always hanging around correcting. You know, if you're going to do something great for God, there's always going to be crowd and there's always going to be Pharisees. <laughs> Let me tell you, Trash Your Bible has had the crowds telling us we shouldn't be doing this, and we definitely have the Pharisees telling us that we are, the name is disgusting and, you know, what, how dare a female teach the Word of God. So you're always going to have, in if you're doing something great, if you're doing something great for Jesus, you are always going to have the crowd and the Pharisees. Just keep an ear out for them and do what Jesus did. Just rebuke them and, and get them out of there. It says um, here, Pharisee said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath again? Oh, he answered them, have you never read what David did when he, he and his companions were hungry? He's going out. He's saying, look, let me, let me quote one of your heroes. In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread. And he's like, not only did your David, not only did he eat and and take his companions, he ate consecrated bread. (laughs) He also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, uh, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again, Mark is showing all these situations where he's saying Jesus is greater than than the demonic. Jesus is a greater teacher than the teachers of the law. Jesus is greater than sin. Fasting, Jesus is greater. Sabbath, Jesus is greater. Don't you love this gospel? And I hope really genuinely that you're not just hearing these stories, but you are falling in love with Jesus. Because can I tell you, Jesus is greater than what you are facing today. He's greater than your mortgage. What would be your gospel? If you wrote down your good news right now, what would that be? What What is your good news? Your good news is Jesus is greater than your greatest mistakes. He is greater than your mortgage. He is greater than that relationship issue. He is greater for salvation. He is greater than your plan of how your family is going to get saved. 
Jesus is greater than those people who mock you. I know when I get an email that's mocking Trash Your Bible, my Jesus is greater than that. And I'm going to follow him, not follow the crowd or the Pharisees. I'm not going to react to those around me. I'm not going to let the crowd determine where I'm going because Jesus doesn't. Jesus is greater than the crowd. Jesus is greater than the Pharisees. He doesn't let the Pharisees stop him. Don't let the religious people around you stop you from being all that God has called you to be. Jesus is greater. So what is your list today? What is Jesus greater than and what is the good news of the gospel to you? I want you to stop, write it down, just take two seconds out of your busy life and write down what you need to know today that Jesus is greater. 